Tonight, we're going to be talking about Genesis chapter 40, Dreams, Faith, and Waiting. It's a familiar story. Many of you, I'm sure, know it. I heard it when I was a child. Uh, We're going to look at it again. And uh, when I did, I saw there was something else in here that I didn't realize would be as meaningful as it turned out to be for me, so I hope it is for you too. But let's review. Uh, When last I spoke, actually it wasn't the last time, it was before that. Um, Joseph was with his family. He was the youngest of 12. No, not the youngest. Uh, He was number 11. Um, Benjamin was number 12. And he had a couple of dreams. Uh, One, uh, he dreamed about a sheaf grain that stood straight up and 11 others bowed to it and he told his brothers about it and they didn't like it. And then there was the stars, the sun, the moon and the stars bowing down to Joseph, which his brothers and his parents were not comfortable about. So... He went out to meet his brothers when they were uh, working. And they decided to take the opportunity first to kill him, but they didn't. They ended up selling him into slavery. And then how he ended up uh, as a slave in Potiphar's house and how he ended up um, rising to actually run the entire household. And about how he was unfairly accused by... Uh, Potiphar's wife. And because of that, ended up where he was today. But God had made provision. We we, uh, talked about that before, that Joseph was still alive. Uh, He could have been killed. Joseph had not been sent to the mines. And in one place, you sent slaves. If you didn't want to see them anymore, you sent them to the mines, and, and they wouldn't come back. And uh, Joseph was allowed to rise to prominence within the prison, so he was able to run affairs within the prison, even though he himself was a prisoner. So what did Joseph have? He had the stories his father told him, okay? Stories that go all the way back to Adam, I'm sure, okay? He had two dreams, which I just recounted. He had faith. And that was all I could think of that he had. Maybe the character that God created within him. We talked a little bit about prisons, how they were rare in the ancient world, how normally you'd, you'd be executed or be fined or you'd you know, be whipped or beaten or have something cut off, something like that. They didn't have a prison system like we do today. <clears throat> Prison was really a place of confinement, and uh, there were two sections. There was one where people just stayed, and they didn't leave. Um, But the other was uh, barracks for forced labor, because they would use uh, forced labor on building many of the wonders uh, of the world that uh, are found in Egypt. 
and Joseph was probably at the prison in Thebes, which is modern Luxor. And we're going to begin with uh, chapter 40 in Genesis. It came to pass that after these things that the butler and the baker of the king of Egypt offended their lord, the king of Egypt, and Pharaoh was angry with his two officers, the butler and the chief baker. So he put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard in the prison, the place where Joseph was confined. And the captain of the guard charged Joseph with them, and he served them, so they were in custody for a while. So we see that um, they were prisoners, but they were like celebrity prisoners because, and we'll we'll talk actually about this in a minute, like now. (laughs) Um, The butler oversaw the beverages for Pharaoh's household and could have had cup-bearing duties. It's one of the most trusted positions within a kingdom, especially back then, because one way you could assassinate somebody in the royal family, Pharaoh or maybe one of his heirs, was by poisoning. So the butler had a very important job, not just um, what he was doing, but overseeing other people. And the baker also um, not only had the duties of making sure that uh, wonderful baked goods were available for the royal family and for any guests and for staff, but also to make sure that the food was safe because back then, even back then in ancient times, food security was important, at least to some people, at least if you were Pharaoh. So they were both highly trusted by Pharaoh, and that made them high-ranking officers within the kingdom, so they were like celebrity prisoners, and they were taken care of very, very carefully until Pharaoh decided what to do with them. Continuing in in verse 5, Then the butler and the baker of the king of Egypt, who were confined in the prison, had a dream, both of them. Each man's dream in one night, and each man's dream with its own interpretation. And Joseph came in to them in the morning and looked at them, and saw that they were sad. And he asked Pharaoh's officers who were with him in the custody of his Lord's house, saying, why do you look so sad today? And I'm thinking, it had to be more like, duh, they're in prison, right? (laughs) So it wasn't just the fact that they were in prison. They were troubled over and above that. So there was something going on here. They said to him, we each have had a dream and there is no interpreter of it. Well, what a wonderful opportunity for Joseph, right? He could say, you know what? I've had some dreams. I could tell you about my dreams. Maybe, because of the dreams I've had, maybe I could help you with your dreams, right? He could have said that. He could have said, I'm sorry, I can't help you except if you need some more food or if you need something brought to you. He could have said that. He didn't say that. So Joseph said to them, Do not interpretations belong to God? Tell them to me, please. It's a short statement, but it says a lot of things. It says that even now, even after being enslaved, even after being accused of something he didn't do and and being placed in prison, even after all this, Joseph believed in, trusted in, had faith in God. Okay? Two, in a 
polytheistic society. Joseph said, do not interpretations belong to God, which meant that Joseph was referring to one God, was referring to his God. All right, let's move along. Then the chief butler told his dream to Joseph and said to him, Behold, in my dream a vine was brought before me, and in the vine were three branches. It was as though it budded. Its blossoms shot forth, and its clusters brought forth ripe grapes. Then Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes, and I pressed them into Pharaoh's cup, and I placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. And Joseph said to him, This is the interpretation of it. The three branches are three days. Now, within three days, Joseph will lift, uh, Pharaoh rather, will lift up your head and restore you to your place, and you will put Pharaoh's cup in his hand according to the former manner when you were his butler. But remember me when it is well with you, and please show kindness to me. Make mention of me to Pharaoh and get me out of this house, for indeed... I was stolen away from the land of the Hebrews, and also I have done nothing here that they should put me into the dungeon. So he provided an interpretation of the dream, and he made a request. And he shared a little bit about himself to the butler. But then we get to the baker. When the chief baker saw that the interpretation was good, he said to Joseph, I was also in my dream, and there were three white baskets on my head, and in the uppermost basket there were all kinds of baked goods for Pharaoh, and the birds ate them out of the basket on my head. And Joseph answered, This is the interpretation of it. Three baskets are three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift off your head from you and hang you on a tree, and the birds will eat your flesh from you. You know, he could have said, I'm sorry, you know, the, butl the butler's dream got the interpretation. Your dream, I'm really not sure. He could have done that. He didn't. He gave him the truth. And I'm sure that it was a lot more gentle than my reading of it. It was more, he said it to him and said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I have to say this to you. It's the worst possible news. Um, when I was looking on the internet at pictures of the dreams, I didn't see much with the, with the butler's dream, but when it came to the baker, I, I, saw some, I saw some nice pictures I'd like to share with you here. And if you're listening online, sorry. So you get some nice visuals there. Um, this story, I had to be less than 10 years old when I heard it. It's a simple story so far, isn't it? Not always a nice story, but it's a simple story. It's so simple, it's taught to children, and I'm sure it's been taught a few times downstairs here at our church. Um, and then sometimes it's been recounted in other periods of time, uh, like here. And you can see uh, they've got the two dreams up at the top and those little thought bubbles. And it seems like everybody's dressed up in uh, Renaissance garb. 
But let's continue. Now, it came to pass on the third day, which was the Pharaoh's birthday, that he made a feast for all his servants. And he lifted up the head of the chief butler and of the chief baker among his servants. And he restored the chief butler to his butlership again, and he placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. But he hanged the chief baker, as Joseph had interpreted to them. So then, the butler remembered Joseph and got him released from prison? That Wouldn't that be a great ending? Wouldn't it? Not so much. Not so much. No. Yet the chief butler did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. And that's where we end today. So, so what do we take away from that? Can we dream great dreams, prophetic dreams? Maybe. Probably not. It's possible. How about enabling us to interpret the dreams of others? Maybe, right? I'm not going to say no. But I'll say probably not. See, sometimes we trust and obey God. In our lives, my life, your life, things don't seem to always change. They They don't go the way that we want them to. They don't happen and change in the time that we think that they should change. We wonder, what if things don't change at all, right? And that's where Joseph was. That's where he was. Um, He waited, we'll find out, for two years in prison. Here he had what looked to him a wonderful opportunity that God had bestowed upon him to interpret the dreams of important people, one of whom would go back to directly serving Pharaoh and that he would get a hearing from Pharaoh and the one person in the kingdom who he was sure, in human terms anyway, could release him, would hear about him, and he would gain his freedom. And it didn't happen. Instead, nothing happened. Everything continued the way it was. Nothing happened. Nothing got better. Does that ever happen to us? Does it ever happen to us? Did it happen to other people in the Bible? Well, there's Abraham. He was 100 years old when he became a father. 100 years old. He'd spent years, decades waiting for a child. We have Job. Lost his children, lost his wealth, lost his health, was waiting to die, was hoping to die, had friends that came over to help, to help, quote unquote. Didn't do much of a job of helping if you've read through the book of Job. Simeon was somebody in Luke chapter 2. If you're not familiar with him, He was a man of God, and God had told him that he would not die until he'd seen the Messiah. And he was a very, very old man. And one day, he saw a young couple and a child, and he picked up the child, and that was the Messiah. And he knew 
that he could go home. But he waited for a long, long time, longer than he thought. There's a lot of things we could wait for now. We could wait for Jesus to return, right? I've been a Christian since I was nine-ish. And the churches that um, I've attended have all had among common things that we believed in the rapture. And we believed in a seven-year tribulation after that. And we believed in the glorious return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And back then, in the 70s, people were just... Some people were really, really interested in his return to the point of navel-gazing, I thought. Um, And in the 80s, the same way. And in the 90s, the same way. And and, uh, Y2K, forget about it. And and people could write books. And then if nothing happened, write write a revision and write a revision. And that happened at least once with one author. Um, So we we could wait for Jesus to return. Everybody can do that. Um, we could, if we're not married, well, are we going to get married? Who am I going to marry? What's that going to be like? When's that going to happen? I thought that. 23-year-old Bill thought that. Absolutely. Children. Am I going to have children if I don't have children? Or am I going to have grandchildren if I have children? Or if I have children, how are they going to turn out? Okay, um... One of mine is a teenager, so I am keenly interested in how that's going to turn out because she's a teenager. And um, if you've had a teenager or if you remember being a teenager, (laughs) you're not sure. Concerned that somebody close to us my spouse, my child, my cousin, my parents, my friend would trust Jesus and then wait for years and years about that. A a better job, a career. Um, Especially if you're young and just getting established. It's a mundane thing. It's not a spiritual thing necessarily, but it's something that I certainly was interested in at various points in my life. And, and we're supposed to trust the Lord in all things, aren't we? Aren't we? I, I think we are. So how do you do that? Or how about if um, I or my spouse, relative, get better? Um, my, my stepfather. And I say stepfather. He's been my stepfather. I'm 53. I'll be 54 next month. He's been my stepfather since I was 10. Okay. Um, his cancer came back. And um, I'm concerned about him. He's going through chemo. He's 77. I'm concerned about my mom being supportive of him. Um, I'm concerned about him spiritually, not because he doesn't know Christ, because he does know Christ. But it, it, for some people, it's harder than others, and I think it's hard for him. And, and there are a lot of people it would be hard for. I'm not singling him out. But these are the things that we wait for. I, I, it could maybe I've never been to jail, but you know, it could be you might have loved ones in jail. I know people who have had loved ones in jail, and maybe we're waiting for that. Or maybe they get out, and how are they going to do in life? We're waiting for that. 
or a ministry that God's called me to do? Well, when's that going to happen? Um, again, I go back to my early 20s self as one of the things I was thinking. Well, well, how would I end up ministering? Of course, if you said to me, you'll be ministering in children's ministry, I would have said, no. And then the question is, when? How is it going to unfold? Well, let's take a step back and see, compare what Joseph had to what we have. He had the stories that his father told him, right? He had a couple of dreams. He had faith. What do we have? We have the Holy Spirit indwelling in us. If you've trusted Christ as your Savior, if you've believed in his sinless life, his his resurrection, uh, death and resurrection, and you trust in that, that he's fully God and fully man, um, then you, like me, have the Holy Spirit inside of us at this moment, now. And, and back then, it didn't happen. We have that. We have the Bible. We don't... Wonderful that Joseph remembered all the stories his father told him. We have those stories written down in the Bible. Plus, we have a lot of other things that we can read. And we have the story up through and including Jesus Christ himself, and then after that. We have all that. We have faith, too. We have faith in ourselves, and God's helped us with our faith and strengthened our faith. We have each other. We have community. God meant for, for Christians to live in community with each other. That's why you're here tonight. And uh, it's why we see people on Sunday. And what's supposed to happen, it was, we're supposed to help each other in our walks. We're supposed to help each other be stronger. And, and that's something everyone can do, whether you're a pastor or an elder or somebody who's just uh, uh, serving in a ministry, or even if you just come to know Christ, everyone can help each other. So what do we do while we wait? Well, I'm going to throw some scriptures. Feel free to write them down. There's a lot more. I just picked a few, okay? Um, in Psalm 37, 3 to 8, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and Feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he will bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Rest, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It only causes harm. <clears throat> so we, we see here we're supposed to trust in the Lord, commit our ways to the Lord, not be concerned about what other people are doing, especially people who don't know Christ, people who we might think are evil. Instead, we're supposed to think of the things that God wants us to do, and he spells it out. In Lamentations, it says, The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. I'll tell you, over my life, I've had trouble with the waiting part and the seeking part. I, I, sometimes I've been a plan B kind of guy, just to see what I could do about it. 
Um, and I can tell you that it worked great. No, it didn't. It didn't work great. When I, when I got in God's way, when I was not waiting, when I was not trusting, um, it did not go well for me. It's, it's why it took 30 years from the young 20s bill of imagining where he was going to be serving to where I am now. It could have happened before. I got in God's way. Um, I was supposed to wait, and, and God has instructed me I knew it from the word of things I'm supposed to do and not do. And I thought I knew better. I didn't tell myself I knew better. I just did the things that a person who thinks they would know better would do. Galatians 6, 9. Here, let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. So one of the things we're supposed to do is to continue to do good, to continue to serve where we are. So if you're a person who's looking for, say, what kind of ministry I'm going to end up with, you serve where you are, and God opens the door. How do I know this? Because when I married Sue, she asked me to serve with her with the infants. The infants. The infants. <clears throat> I said I had one requirement. No poopy diapers. And little did I know, but that's how I ended up in children's ministry because I ended up serving with older children and older children and older children. And it worked as a progression. Had I decided that I had a plan B here, that I was going to go do something else, that I was going to leave what I was involved in and go do something else, it may not have gone so well for me. It may have sidetracked me. Okay? So, and that's one, in Galatians, it's a general statement about doing good, but among the ways that we do good are doing the things that we have been doing and continue to do them. So that also means as a husband to um, try to be a good husband, to learn what I need to do to grow as a husband, to learn how to be a better parent, to learn how to be a better friend, to um, be more supportive of, of people in church, to not be so judgmental, um, to have more compassion for people. Um, these are all things that I needed to learn in my life, and it was scripture, and it was um, the Holy Spirit, and it was day by day working it out, asking for forgiveness um, while I was waiting for whatever God had for me. Isaiah eight seventeen. I will wait on the Lord who hides his face from the house of Jacob, and I will hope in him. In Proverbs 20, 22, do not say, I will recompense evil. Wait on the Lord, and he will save you. So for those who've been wronged, striking back's not an option. Getting back at somebody is not an option. It's hard to do that. Harder still when an opportunity comes along that you can do it easily and quickly and maybe in a way that nobody's going to know, except maybe God.
I say this because I don't picture Joseph sitting in prison plotting his revenge against Potiphar. Never thought of that. I don't think it entered his mind. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 to 18. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things that are seen, but at the things that are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So there are some eternal things that we're working on that we can't see. It's, it's hard to do sometimes. It's hard because, you know, bad things happen. Or maybe we're waiting for something good to happen and it doesn't. So what do we do in between? David had two years of in between from the time um, of his interpreting the dreams to where he actually got out of prison. And he didn't know it was going to be two years. It could have been the rest of his life. What do you do every single day? What do you think about every single day? What's the thought life going to be like every single day? Okay? And, and uh, okay, we're not in prison here, but we have things going on in our lives. I have things going on in my life. I, I have my stepfather. I've also got somebody close to my family um, uh, who's cut herself off from me. And, and I've done what I could to see what I could have done differently and I can't and I don't know what to say that'll make things any better I'm afraid that if I say something I'll just make things worse right I have to wait I have to trust it's hard to do and everybody will have a chance to do it Philippians 4, 11 to 13. And again, there are more scriptures than what I'm going over here. Fortunately, the Bible's full of them. Not that I speak in regard to need. And this is Paul talking about his experiences and what he's learned from them. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned to be both full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I bolded that last part because we hear that occasionally quoted, just verse 13. I can do all things to Christ who strengthens me. And I've heard it applied to things that are kind of crazy. Okay? You know, I can do anything with God. It's not exactly it. We know that Paul was talking about, I've, I've suffered. I've been really poor. I've had really bad things come my way. And I've had the opposite, really good things. Either way, I can do all things. I can. And he didn't just say that to say it. He said it to the Philippians so that they could take that and say, oh, yeah, you know what? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, too. So, um, 
when my, I was married before, when my marriage ended in the way that it ended, it could have destroyed me. It didn't. It didn't destroy me. One of the reasons it didn't destroy me is I turned to God during that time. Okay? If I didn't turn to God, I don't know. I could have been really self-destructive. I don't want to think about that. I don't have to think about it because I turned to God. Um, other people, I, I've known people over the years who've gone through all manner of things, uh, sometimes directly and because of service to God, sometimes just because we're human beings and we live life. And Christ strengthens us. So, um, the application here is the waiting part. That's the part of the story, a familiar story, that we can all take and we can apply. Because we're all waiting for things, right? And if you're not waiting for something now, you will be. And part of waiting is trusting in God. Part of trusting in God is, is seeking what his word says to say and do. And, and to follow those things because we want to be followers of Christ. And, and, Christ, uh, and God has um, been gracious to lay out what that means in Scripture. And um, he's also given us the grace so when we stumble, um, he'll lift us back up and we can continue on the journey. We can not lose heart. So uh, let's start now. Okay? And... Um, Please join me in prayer. Dear God, we're thankful for your word, for the story of, of, of uh, what Joseph was going through.